Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, how you folks doing? Welcome back to another edition of the Con and Bob podcast. I'm your host, Con. That goof over there, his name's Bob. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Ah, pretty good. I can't complain. You know, wrestling was interesting this week, to say the least. We had some Ew. amazing yeah. stuff and then weird stuff. Very weird. Yeah, we were just talking. Like, there's some awesome things and there's some things that... Obviously, we were just talking about it before we started, and I said they they obviously don't want to risk anything. Yeah, yeah, like with WrestleMania being right around the corner, you don't want to risk losing anybody to injury yeah. or anything like that, right? So it makes exactly. sense that it was a uh, a little bit easier of a week, but at the same time, the segments that we watched were so story-driven that they were really, mm-hmm. really good this week. Like, I enjoyed yeah. the stories being told from... Basically, every single feud, like, if they have a story going on, I enjoyed the story that they were telling right before WrestleMania. Yeah, this should almost be how, and I guess WrestleMania is so much bigger, but uh, this should almost be how every single go-home show is. Yeah, you, you could say that for sure. There's there's definitely a few things that they missed on, on the go-home yeah. shows. Like, But I mean, focusing on, like, the rivalries heading into the show. Yes, yes, definitely. Right? Yeah, no, that I uh, 100% agree with that. I would say more so just, like, the, the placement of segments on the card needed to be done a little bit better for both uh, yeah. Raw and SmackDown, I feel. Um, so, yeah, like, there was definitely some things that they nailed this week. There's some things that they missed on, so we're going to cover all that right about now. So let's start off with Stephanie McMahon's awesome announcement for the Wrestlemania main event. Now, yourself, you guessed this last week. I will give you 100% of the credit right here. Uh, so if you want to talk about how happy you are, what I you like about it, all gladly, that stuff. I will gladly confront all of the smarks out there. <laughs> all of the smarks who were like, the final shot of Mania is going to be the four horsewomen holding up the titles. Yeah. No. No. Doesn't look like I'm that like, anymore. Nope. The, uh, it's just obvious not like I think the way that they're leaning is probably unification of the titles mm-hmm. um, they went a very long time with just one women's title and it, in a good ish era like of women's wrestling whoa right? whoa, like, whoa 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 what with no like <laughs> the top talent was good it was like Trish Lita others Okay, but we're, okay. There was a no, few... I, dude. The, 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 the top talent was fine. Let's push on past that. They're, the women's division was not good for a very long time. Continue no, on. This is obviously <laughs> the best division. Yes. But what I'm saying is that they went on with one title when the division was weak. It, when the division it was, was weak. Say that. Sorry, You're allowed to say that. When the top talent was good. All right, but I, I'm like not good. When, yeah. when the talent focused on the title was good, right? But and it, I, but I, I know what you're we saying. Have the, a full division of tag titles, the depth of the roster of the women's roster mm-hmm. can now be utilized in different ways rather than just oh, that's the SmackDown title picture, that's the Raw title picture, and we run into that issue where we're like, oh, it gets a little stale the SmackDown title picture because we don't have that top tier talent feel like the raw title picture is so if we have one title in this women's division i think and then we have the 
tag titles and then possibly a second title like a mid-card title if they can find a way to map kind of i don't know how they would categorize it other than just another women's title yeah but eventually down the road but i think this is going towards unification and i like how steph did it too again steph and trips are headed toward full-blown babyfaceville yeah uh they're basically and she, yeah exactly and she did it in a goofy way of like it's about to get even better when i add myself to the match <laughs> and everyone starts booing she's like ah come on yeah. <laughs> obviously not she laughs it off so i really enjoyed that um and then also too this isn't really about this segment but i enjoyed how quickly the next segment started after that mm-hmm Yes, I, I agree really with that. How like she wasn't even off. Yeah, you you and me we've talked about this in the past. How creating a nice flow to the show is very important. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to make it feel like every segment is its own segment. You want to find ways to cross people over. I love when they an entrance music kicks on when somebody's leaving the ring, right? And then they have that little stare down as mm-hmm. they walk by. You can start a feud with that. Like having yeah. those little crossover segments. It's really easy stuff to plant seeds all over the show if you cross over segments with each other. So yeah, I really liked how they jumped right into the segment after that. Just really quickly to your to your point there, uh, I'm not sure if they are in fact going to do a unification though. I can see them for a while holding on to just the, du- the dual champs, kind of like they did with the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship, where they had two championships over their head, saying she's the double champ. That's how they closed yeah. off SmackDown, right? Uh, and obviously, you know, there's another Irish champ champ out there who just kind of retired from MMA. So I don't think that uh, little that little nugget of the double champ is going to be lost on anybody. Yeah, I don't think that the unification will happen anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially unification because I doubt she's going to well, be it, it, defending individual titles. Like any title it, defense will not just be the SmackDown. We'll, we'll see. We will see. Like, we'll see. Well, I don't want to jump into that right now for sure because we don't know what's going down with this. We've no. just heard that it's all titles on the line. I don't doubt for a second that Becky Lynch could probably hold on to the to the dual championships until Money in the Bank and somebody would cash in Money in Bank to take the other championship away from her. That'd be that a could cool happen. Way to do it. That could yeah. happen. Um, so I don't know for sure if they are going to unify the belts. I don't know if they plan on doing that right now, but they definitely do plan on putting two belts on one woman, whoever it is. And I I think that's the right call. You know, it makes the WrestleMania main event feel big and you can, uh, and if you do want to do a unification, then I think you're going to have fan support with that as well. Maybe like you brought up in the past, they might be moving towards an all woman show uh, and where they're going to have one championship, one tag titles. And like you mentioned, a, some sort of mid card title. So that might be the direction they're heading in. We just don't know until after WrestleMania, what's going to happen. Is it going to be an official unification or not? That's the exciting part to watch. Um, but yeah, the crossover led to Rollins and Brock Lesnar, that awesome little segment. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I liked uh, the, the promo from Paul Heyman beforehand. Basically said all the same stuff, right, as they've always said. But this time, Rollins actually got himself over, made himself look like a threat to Brock Lesnar. But it took a low blow. Took two low blows. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it keeps Lesnar strong. It shows that Rollins is willing to do anything to win the title, to slay the beast. Um, 
I don't know. I doubt that we're getting any sort of stipulation to the match Yeah. because of it. They haven't announced anything, but you know WWE loves to announce random things on the night of pay-per-views, and we're like, oh, this one-on-one just turned into a fatal four-way for the title. Cool. Yeah, uh, like that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know where they're – what, like, the significance of the low blow was in it, but I, yeah. I like uh, – I do really like that he got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. I think the significance of the low blow was literally, as you said, he's willing to do anything to win the championship, to get that title off of Brock, to win it for the fans. I I would not be surprised if at some point in that match the referee gets knocked down and Seth Rollins delivers a low blow or two in that match, and that's how he ends up you know, delivering the curb stomp to pin Brock Lesnar. And win the title, like I, and then you know you very well could have people saying he cheated to win, and you create dynamics moving forward, right? In storylines, that could happen if they want to play into low blow. I don't even know though; they might not even give Seth the win. Normally, the yeah, way that it, it works is on the go home show, whoever's left standing tall doesn't normally win at the pay per view. Yeah, and I, was thrown by that. I like. Yeah, I I just don't know it. And you start looking up and down the card, and you start looking at where our heels gonna win in matches. Well, you don't want it to win in the the Becky Charlotte Ronda match because you want Becky to win there. You cannot have Daniel Bryan retain the WWE Championship over Kofi Kingston without <laughs> a without a heel t- without a heel <laughs> turn from somebody else, right? Without a heel turn from somebody else, like you're gonna get some sort of story out of that. But anyways, you start looking at the fan service. You're probably gonna have AJ Styles go over a Randy Orton. You're probably gonna have a face. Uh, you're probably gonna have like Boston Hug win the tag titles again, or continue to hold on to them. You start looking I, I think at where. Going to, but I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, one. I'm excited too as well because there is possibility that they put it on Natty and um, Beth as well, right? But, anyways, regardless, there is a lot of baby faces that are probably set to win at WrestleMania, and we know yeah. Vince McMahon loves the heat that Brock Lesnar have. Has, and it's very difficult to get heels hated in the business these days, and Brock is really hated. And may- if, the, if the rumors from a while ago are true that Ronda might be taking a little break, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't know if we've heard any updates about that, but if she is taking a little break after Mania, then where's the star power? It's with Lesnar, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So when Lesnar's your top champion, when he's your star- right now, Ronda Rousey is the star power. Mm-hmm, I agree. Because from the non-wrestling fan view, like or not the well, even in both, like, to be quite honest, I. yeah, like, yeah, even, even but, in both, like she is a big star, right? She I know, but I mean, I mean, for you and I, there's many other star powers, but for someone who watches very casual, the casual fan, the people who just take their kids, whatnot, Ronda Rousey is the star power. She's the name. Yep. Brock Lesnar is the name. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, if Ronda Rousey is going to be taking a break, then it's yeah they got to keep it with Brock probably. But I don't know. It's tough. It is tough, man. Um, yeah, I honestly don't know how they're gonna go about it. Mm-hmm. You got to have some heels win at WrestleMania. Do they put like Frig? Like, is the heel Baron Corbin winning over Kurt in his last match? It, that, that if if it's Corbin versus Kurt, if it ends up being that yeah. still, then I think Corbin might. He, like, 
it, it's just it's very difficult because you got to have heels win at WrestleMania, right? You got to have some strong heels coming out of the show of shows. You got to have some people who are hated as a result. It's just whether it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Is it going to be m- multiple people? Is there going to be a weird heel turn that we don't see coming at WrestleMania? It's I think there's a heel turn coming. Yeah. I think there is a heel turn coming, and I think it is Boston Hug. Oh, ooh! And I'm very excited about it if it happens. Ooh! All right. Well, speaking of Boston Hug, why don't we get right into that, man? Let's get oh, the quick. Hang on before we go. Oh, I just wanted to yep. say that very first segment. I loved that Steph didn't come down to the ring. Yeah, I love that, that she stayed on the ramp. Like quick. They don't need to start it out in the ring talking every time. It was quick, smooth. Went into the real segment, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Boston Hug. Cool. Uh, just before we get into that, though, I do want to apologize to any viewers right now watching on YouTube. We do have some major lag going on with Bob's video, but it's all good. He's still here. His voice is still rolling. My fault. <laughs> It's nothing we can do about it. It's all good. Let's get into Boston Hug, Natalia, and Beth Phoenix defeating the Iconics, Nia Jax, and Tamina. Um, so this match literally served one purpose and one person purpose only, to show that Beth Phoenix can still go in the ring, that she is still as powerful as ever, and that she is to be feared. It did a great job with that. I love the mm-hmm. Iconics selling. Peyton Royce up in the Glam Slam. Oh, she the, just the caught scream? the scream. She caught so much attention backstage for that. Awesome stuff, Peyton. She sold the living hell out of that thing. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like I, I that, that was one note that I had uh, like mental note. As soon as I saw like the ah, I I loved it. Like she was just her mind was going off. Uh, like she was just screaming. Yeah. The facial expression on it, very nice. She put over Beth Phoenix. Huge there. And made yeah. Beth Phoenix literally get the chance of, you've still got it. That was courtesy of Peyton Royce for making her look that good in the ring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but, no, Beth did look good inside the ring. It was nice to see her first match back inside the WWE. Correct me if I'm wrong. First time we've seen her back in a actual match. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So that was cool to see her back in, like, her first match. Um, and, yeah, the, the right decision happened there. But now why don't you get into why you think Boston Hug are going to turn heel at WrestleMania? It's it's just been this build. I believe you and I talked about it last week a little bit about how you and I have really wanted to see Bailey as a heel and mm-hmm. uh Sasha's obviously great as a heel. And it's just this way that they're building to it. I think it's going to be one of those heel type moves like they and then even the fact that Beth and Natty got the pin, right? The win. Yeah. The fact that Sasha and Bailey immediately they did what the revival did. They literally immediately grabbed their titles and were like, We're still the champions though. Like last week, okay, right? Revival that's got yep. Revival lost the match, but they grabbed their titles and they're like, We're still the champions. In this case, Boston Hug won the match, but they didn't pick up the victory, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't the cause of the victory. So they still grabbed their titles and they're like, We're the champions though. We are still the better team. And it's just this yeah. build of, I think they're they they might, I, and I would be very much about it if they turn them heel in a like they retain the titles at Mania mm-hmm. in a heel fashion, uh, probably getting the pinfall over Beth would be, or Beth and Natty would be the best way to do it, yeah, or the tap or whatever, but in a heel way. Uh, just to be like, we will do anything to keep these titles. We're the champions. We're the best. 
but in like a snaky kind of way. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, because we have talked a lot about how Sasha Banks is definitely a tweener right now. And, and mm. Bailey is more so on the babyface side of things. But yeah, Boston Hug are really closer to being tweeners than anything on the babyface heel scale, right? It would be a very big WrestleMania moment if they happen to turn heel. That's what I mean. It really would be. <clears throat> and it would put a lot of attention on the women's tag team division as they're trying to build mm-hmm. it up. Because... Um, like, don't get me wrong, the build has been fine since they've uh, since they won the titles at Elimination Chamber, and they've rode it right through till now, and they've been defending it down in NXT house shows and up here on Raw, and they've went over to SmackDown. Like, they're covering all their brands, and they're doing what they said they were going to do. It's just going to be interesting if maybe they play into the fact that the Iconics were saying how they're too scared to show up on SmackDown, right? Maybe that becomes mm-hmm. part of their character, how they say they're going to defend it across all the brands, but not show up. And that's how you're going to get people pissed off at them. And honestly, it could be essentially lead to a double turn in the aspect that if they turn heel, Iconics are so popular. Mm-hmm. They're, like they're, they're, they're iconic. iconic. <laughs> so they're so popular, like with us, with fans and the universe and everything. And they're very like fun and people enjoy them. And certain things that they say in their promos, especially in this case, are very like you're not coming it's essentially what people say about brock lesnar like you're not coming here like where are you yeah you said you were going to defend it where are you mm-hmm. so it could lead to iconics being the face team in and that you know what feud baby and face iconics would be awesome like i know that they, they play the the really good <laughs> annoying white girls right that that's that's their character they're just annoying white girls we we all know them <laughs> but as baby faces, they could probably get some pretty good sympathy. I think Peyton Royce is a star in the making. She mm-hmm. has absolutely everything checked off that she possibly could. She's a star in the making. And as a baby face, I think she would have a really good run in her. Billy Kay a little less so. I think Billy Kay's more naturally suited to play a heel. But Peyton Royce, she's got a little bit of that baby face fire in her. And I that that Ty Dillinger in her. Yes. Ah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's go on to the four-word promo that took over the world of wrestling. It was Batista coming down to the ring saying, Hunter, kiss my ass. That's it. I'm hyped. I'm ready. <laughs> I loved it. Yep. I love that we continue to, like, like to play that line of, yeah, yeah, we can swear now, and we're, like, getting back into that little bit more attitude, and mm-hmm. I think they're realizing, like, a lot of the fan base from the PG era... Has grown up. Has grown up. Exactly. And now it's, like, we're still fans, or we're re-becoming fans, and it's, okay, like, we can get a little more, a little more down and dirty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can do what? some nastier stuff, we can say some nastier stuff, and... Our fans are okay with it. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this and, way. I I mean, I don't know what when you started watching wrestling, but I started in 2005, right? And so that, that means that means literally when I started actually watching wrestling, you know, a few years in or whatever, and actually starting to watch the matches, that means the entire time I've been literally a fan has basically been the PG era. And you got to mm-hmm. think there is so many other fans out there 
in the same age group who grew up, right? You and me, we don't want to see corny stuff on TV anymore. We don't want to see the dumb, dumb, dumb jokes. We want to see good wrestling. We want to see some some oomph to their characters. We want to see a little yeah. bit of edge, right? That's what we want to see. And that's because we grew up out of the PG era. The John Cena character was fine. The, uh, the Fruity Bowl of Pebbles was fine for a while. But we're into a different era now where the kids have grown up. This is another yeah. attitude era coming up, right? Like kind of that same feel. You had the 80s where it was all cartoony and everything, but those people grew up and through the 90s, they wanted attitude. They wanted yeah. raw emotion. Eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, kiss my ass and mm-hmm. screw WCW, right? <laughs> like- exactly. And I mean, with AEW coming along, just like WCW, we might be entering another world of professional wrestling, another era that is going to be looked back on as potentially some golden days because We've got the best wrestlers there's ever been in the entire world right now. It's the most athletic people, the most dynamic wrestlers, some of the Mm -hmm. best characters ever. And if you can just put that together with some good TV, with raw emotion, real, almost like a real feel to it, you're going to have great TV. Yeah. You really are. The the biggest thing for me was... When I started, like, I watched it as a kid, kid, like, the odd time my dad would have it on or something, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then didn't watch it again until, like, I was in elementary school, but in the early 2000s, probably, like, early to mid-2000s, so around that same time, Mm -hmm. 2005-ish, and then when I fell out of it and when I kind of stopped watching for a little bit, it was the most PG portion. It was that small period of a couple years where it was like, it's super PG. Like right? John Cena at his height of PG corniness. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, and even as a kid in elementary school going into high school in the late 2000s, it was, it was very like mid to late 2000s. It was very like our most hated person, even at that age, mm-hmm. was John Cena. Yep. Right. Because he's great for kids young kids and those types of characters are great for that and then all of a sudden when you hit that like teen early teen age you start getting that little bit of edge and that little bit of attitude and you want to you want to be more grown up and you want to feel more whatever so now all of a sudden you're like oh they're telling me that this guy's the good guy and he's who i should be supporting no like i want to support edge right as opposed to john cena or Mm -hmm. randy orton going being the legend killer Mm -hmm. right stuff like that and then all of a sudden you get older and you're like i want to see that attitude though from both sides i want the good guys to because now that we're adults ish adultish uh trying (laughs) it's like it's like man like there's nothing wrong with being a good guy or a good girl like being a good person but at the same time, like I, I believe I'm a good person, but also I have a little bit of attitude. I have a little bit of edge. Shades Not everyone's of gray. perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Not everyone's perfect. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, hustle, loyalty, respect. You know, like mm-hmm. we have that little bit of dickishness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, when you look at just wrestling fans in general, the shit that we say to each other, how vile <laughs> it is sometimes. Like. We are we are a group of fans who uh, are sometimes not the most uh, PG group, if you will. So why no. give us a PG product? Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, though, yes, we are slowly moving towards a an era where I think you know 
saying kiss my ass, son of a bitch, you are a bitch, corporate bitch, whatever. Those are going to be more more common, and that's fine. You know, without having to push into an attitude era, we are getting a little bit more edge to our promos now, which is good. Yeah. It's nice now, to see Batista and guys like that get to do this as well. Yes. Because a lot of their career was that PG era. Agreed. And he's killing it. He's killing it. He's doing a great job. But now we kind of just... Uh, Everything that went really good and everything we're talking about, about a new era and all this lovely stuff. We got Cruz versus Jinder Mahal, Apollo Cruz versus Jinder Mahal in a uh, lumberjack match. The Jobber Battle Royal. If anything, this just exposed how lackluster WWE has built their lower to mid card. They have done nothing. Did you see the people around on the outside of the ring? Yeah. Like that was sad. That too? What sucks too is EC3. I noticed him in the ring there and mm-hmm. like no attention to him. And I'm like, poor guy, man. Like, it's not hard to build up the bottom of your card. It's really not. You know, like, all you got to do is give them a promo backstage, go out there and get a win. You know, give them a character. It, it doesn't even matter if you, if all those people that are around the, the Battle Royal, they're your jobbers, right? Because you have to have jobbers. You got to have people to put over other superstars, yep. right? You got to have them. But, you know, give him a character. We just saw Tyler Breeze got a new haircut, right? Like that, he's got a dope, dope haircut now. And it's like, okay, give us an interview on uh, on Twitter with him, you know? Push him a little bit more. Give us a backstage interview with Tyler Breeze. Tell us why he got the haircut. You know, maybe show off the fact that he's got a haircut. That little yeah. attention to detail all of a sudden says next week when he goes out there in the ring for a match, hey, maybe this guy is going to get an opportunity to show his stuff. Great, mm-hmm. you know we're gonna pay a little more attention to him. Uh, that's just with every single character that was out there around the battle royal. They so little attention has been given to their characters that now they're just like, oh, we are jobbers, and there is no saving us from here. Absolutely no, no saving us. Like it's it would take a pretty big heel turn or a pretty big face turn or a pretty big push online for somebody to get outside of this little battle royal that we have. Like Apollo Cruz was spotlighted. And him and Braun Strowman look like the only two people who might win this battle royal. Yeah, literally, that's the only two that they're kind of focusing on right now. And I honestly think what they need to start doing is utilizing, like they do in uh, with the NXT and NXT UK, how they kind of have some crossover moments at times. Yes, where certain teams can go challenge for the UK title from NXT and certain teams can go challenge for the UK or certain individuals can go challenge for the UK title uh, and things like that and mm-hmm. vice versa. I think that they need to start utilizing NXT better where certain people that are a little stale or have nothing really going on, but you know have that promise, keep them relevant. Like Tyler Breeze, he should he goes and wrestles at NXT house shows all the time yep right like i see Mm -hmm. it on and he gets such a crowd reaction at house shows because people love him he's a fan favorite love him like you want to cheer the guy on he's prince pretty exactly like come on exactly (laughs) like he should be able to go down and maybe get involved in a in a north american title rivalry Mm -hmm. or a uk title rivalry or something like that where like hey, we have these guys, EC3 as well. Like, don't be afraid yeah. just because you just brought them up. Put them back down. Bring them back into a, something down below, into a title thing where 
keep them relevant, right? Like Yeah. Or hell, it is not a bad thing that if you want to promote crossovers by literally saying that, hey, this upcoming Wednesday, EC3 from Monday Night Raw will be on NXT. Mm -hmm. Don't miss it. Mm -hmm. Big chance here, big match as he takes on the NXT champion. Okay, yep. I'm tuning in. Yeah, man. Like, it's not hard to mention it. It's not mm -hmm. hard to put a little graphic at the bottom of the screen. And then as a result, people from the main roster are going to tune into NXT. They're going to tune into NXT UK. They're going to tune into 205 Live, whatever it may be. And they're going to watch those main roster superstars, see how talented they are, what got them to WWE in the first place, and say, hey, maybe this guy needs a push on the main roster. Exactly. It's simple. Get them, get people behind them and do it with those shows, not your main event or whatever it is, right? Like, yep, exactly. Just keep people off main event. I don't know why that's even a show. They never promote I, it. They never mention that it's around. They, it's, it's, it's one, literally I think there. it's one match. It's a one match show, I think. Why is and it it's like, like I, I get it's there to be the dark matches essentially for the crowd yeah. live, but have a freaking dark match. Don't make it main event. Like, yeah, like <sighs> it's. The purpose of a dark match is it's dark. Nobody knows about it. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Except for the people there. <laughs> it's it's uh, literally non non what's it called? Uh, non canon. That's what main event yeah. is. It's the non canon version. It's like the the weird Star Wars books that are written by fans out there. That's main yeah. event. It doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> it's like recording a house show and then just calling it heat or velocity. And it's like calling it like, roadblock. <laughs> yeah, you're like that's not a house show. Then that's. You're yeah. still just recording it. I don't mm -hmm. understand. I don't know. Just yeah, weird. this match was. I don't know. I it was so classic WWE WWE though the uh, <laughs> the classic like oh we have a battle royal coming up. Just throw Let's everybody just in there. Let's have everybody around so that it breaks down and, and dude, then everybody's and dude, throwing everyone out. This wasn't even the the first and only time they did it this week. They did a bigger match on freaking SmackDown Live that was even lazier. <laughs> like <laughs> I know it was oh. so I hated that they did those two things. Like they they're uh. fine matches when you want to build up a nothing battle royal on Raw. Say next week, you know, hey, we're having a number 1 contenders battle royal on Raw. These all these superstars around this ring are gonna yes. be in it, and it's a one-on-one -on -one match between Apollo Cruz and Jinder Mahal to build up for next week. Great, mm -hmm. not on the go-home show before WrestleMania. That's not they the way that you do... build to that battle royal at Mania. You can do you can do more stuff with it. I will say about this match, last thing, because I don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about this no, match the entire be. time. Um, I do want to say though, they did a good job with little things in the match where like. Titus and Apollo were two of the last people left in the ring, True. right? Apollo and Jinder were two of the last people left in, like, stuff like that where they kind of built up Titus and they were talking about Titus a lot, commentary team, which you probably didn't hear, but they I heard a little bit talking, of, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were talking a lot about him. So I think this, like, they're, they don't forget always. Sometimes they just forget and they're like, ah, that was in the past. We don't have any recollection of that. But in this situation, it's like, oh, yeah, Titus and Apollo were a thing a, a year ago, right? Yeah, yep. Less than a year ago. So at least like, they, they continued that they a little bit. have that little bit of possible thing? And I'm, I'm ex fully expecting it at uh, Mania, some sort of interaction between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. All right, let's go on to the tag team title match. That was the Revival versus Black and Ricochet. So... 
lots to talk about with this match. I, I don't really know what's going on for WrestleMania with the Revival. I'm not even sure if they're going to be on the card, to be quite honest. I saw something on social media that they're going to be on the pre-show against the Major Brothers. Okay. They're totally giving the win to Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder at Mania, aren't they? In their hometown. Holy freak, that's what they're doing. <clears throat> Are they from New York? I bl- oh, uh, yeah. Zack Ryder's Long Rider, Island. Rider, Rider. Yeah. yeah. Long um, Island guy, yeah. They're totally going to put the titles on them. And that's... Okay. That'll be fine with uh, yeah. Kurt Hawkins getting his win at WrestleMania and ending his uh, defeated streak. That'll be a good pop. But again, then we're going to go back to the teams that have beat the freaking Revival. Let's go back even further. Here we go. You ready? Let's go I, B team. Yeah. How about the B team? They beat them. How about the loser house party? Lucha house party. Yeah, they beat them. Right? They beat the Revival. Uh, they've lost to Aleister Black and Ricochet. They've lost to Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. They have, did they lose to Authors of Pain? Believe so. All right, let's throw Authors of Pain in there. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. There is That's five teams I just named right now. Four for sure they've lost to. What? These are your tag team champions. We're again on Monday Night Raw. They were saying that they're the best tag team in the world. Again. But they finally, finally, finally pick up a win on Monday Night Raw over Aleister Black and Ricochet. It was sketchy by holding his, <laughs> holding his leg, not allowing him back inside the ring. At least that showed that the revival is somewhat smart and they're not as dumb as they've been portrayed, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. good at least that they've they showed a little bit of smarts. It would make sense if this was the setup match to WrestleMania of Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Re- Revival. That would make a lot of sense, but they didn't do that. So now I just I wonder what the whole point of this is even to begin with. Yeah, I just feel bad for the Revival. Um, this match itself, the Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet, very promising match. Was oh good. yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. Well, I was watching so it. I love seeing those guys in the rings in the ring together. I hated that it was a count out, but also I get it. They're trying not to let Alistair Black and Ricochet really lose. They're hot right now, so mm-hmm. I get it. But well, I, yeah, like they're competing for all three tag team titles within the span of a week, right? Yeah. So so that's cool, but mm-hmm. I you know, it is it is what it is. It's uh I just feel bad for Revival. And I, I fully expect Ryder and Hawkins if that match is happening. Again, I'm not sure. I just saw something on social mm-hmm. about it. Um, but if that match is happening, I fully expect them to win. Unfortunate for the Revival. Great for Hawkins and Ryder. Um, yeah. And again, I don't want to put down guys like that because... Oh, they've they, worked hard to they get have there. The, yeah, oh, they've worked God, hard. Yeah. They yeah, have yeah, the yeah. opportunity to build up. We and like fully, you and I know. If it weren't for how, if it weren't the revival, and if it weren't for how the revival has been treated, you and I would be a hundred percent behind Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, sh- sh- yeah, yeah, man. Like if they built up the revival and gave them solid wins since they won the tag team championships, and gave them wins before that, and built them up the right way. You know, this would have been a solid enough tag team run. A, a, a short one, but a, a solid enough to get it on to the yeah. next people. And people like Ryder and Hawkins do deserve some sort of WrestleMania moment. We saw it a couple of years ago yes. with Zach getting the IC title. They lost. He lost it the next night on Raw. If you don't want to run yeah. with it, you can obviously move the tag titles off to somebody else or whatever it may be. 
but it's going to create a cool moment if they do give it to Hawkins and Ryder. And I would, mm. once again, would be totally behind it if they built up the revival in the right way to lose the titles. But yep. they just have not done that. So I don't know. Uh, it'll be, it, it says a lot that the revival are going to go back on the pre show at WrestleMania to see where WWE sees them. And also to quickly address a rumor that I heard out there that after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon is potentially considering splitting the revival. So that goes to show right there what he thinks of the revival. I I think they're on their way out, man. I think they're on their way out. Probably have a certain other three-letter promotion in their mind as a tag TNA. Team. Yeah, TNA, exactly. Yeah. R-O-H. Oh, also speaking of TNA, do you hear that... Uh, what was it? Rob Van Dam, I believe. He signed a contract to TNA today. I just something saw like something. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a poster with like a bunch of random things. Like I saw an RVD on it. Mm-hmm. I just I saw something else uh, that was like an older superstar. Yeah, it was. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it'll be RVD, good over there. Everybody loves RVD. Right. I was going to say just last thing. I like how Alistair Black and Ricochet attacked the revival after the match yes me too but but i also laugh how like hypocritical fans are because we are as as a wrestling universe as wwe would say uh because when seth rollins low blowed brock lesnar we cheered and we were like yes good job way to hit that guy in the dick uh (laughs) and then when alistair black and ricochet attacked revival after the match and like beat down on them we were like good job you guys that was deserving (laughs) but if it was the other way around if brock lesnar even just like attacked seth rollins didn't even low blow him if he just like suplexed him 10 times Mm -hmm. we'd be like oh brock lesnar's a dick if if revival hit them we're like ah screw those guys they're dicks i'm like it's true. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan says it best. Wrestling fans are fickle as hell. <laughs> yeah, fickle as hell. We really are. Okay, so let's go on to what is the moment everybody is talking about, one of the greatest things that has happened to the wrestling world in a long time. Ronda Rousey. Roman Reigns? Yeah. Oh, Roman I thought Reigns. you were talking about Roman Reigns getting attacked by Drew. Oh, no. Never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> that, was that was very good. small. <laughs> uh, Ronda Rousey, Becky, Lynch, and Charlotte Flair facing off against the Riot Squad. Uh, the, that wasn't really the story, though. The story is obviously what happened after that. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. There was a little thing that was going on. If they hit each other during the match, they would be taken out of the WrestleMania match. So, obviously... Lots of uh, high stakes in this match. Nobody laid a hand on each other until the very end where Ronda Rousey tagged herself in and made Liv Morgan tap out basically immediately. Very good match for how short it was, but the story afterwards, if you want to take it away, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, they just ended up, like like you said, she tapped Liv very quick and then got up and immediately attacked Charlotte. Becky came in, the three started brawling uh, around the ring Security came out, broke them up. Police came out, broke them up, handcuffed all three of them. They continued to fight. They continued to tear up the entire venue, essentially. Continued to fight into the backstage area, fight off security and cops and yada, yada, yada. And then uh, they ended up getting thrown in cars to get taken to jail. 
where they then were <laughs> breaking, <laughs> physically breaking glass to get out of cars. The the most memorable moment from this entire thing for me though was when Rondo went to get out of the broken window. <laughs> okay. And Charlotte just Neither. threw that knee up. Yep. And hit her. I was like, ooh, oh, what that actually mean. looked that looked aggressive. Oh, she connected. Like, she connected big time. I'm not sure yeah, if you saw I the still it. frames on Twitter or anything, but you can literally see Rhonda's face slowly caving in from the knee hitting. Yeah. It was the, really good. My favorite the thing moment, that I love about Rhonda was that. My or? favorite moment from that whole segment was when uh, the one police officer went to take Becky Lynch out of the car and drags her over to the other cop car and then she just opens the door completely forgetting that Charlotte is in the cop car and out comes Charlotte and starts beating away on <laughs> Becky Lynch and like these were the uh, most incompetent police officers I have ever seen oh my god those, those uh, uniforms looked so funny man like, was, they looked like they were dollar store uniforms like me, Halloween costumes to me man honestly this goes right up there with like the beer truck segment the milk truck segment for just how ridiculous it is how Uh, over the top it is but that's what makes wrestling fun and that's why we love it because it is ridiculous it is over the top and wwe shows that when they dig into that ridiculousness that is wwe it creates some of the most memorable moments i mean there's no way in hell that should have been a good good segment but it was amazing yeah i also um the one thing i will say i didn't i hated not about this segment, but about something that led into this segment All was right. Rhonda's stupid interview earlier in the night where she's just like shadow boxing, like punching the air. Gotcha. Mm, yeah. And I was like, either st- she looks stupid <laughs> while doing that. I was like, either stop, look at whoever it was, Charlie, I think, and just like say it stern and then like continue or walk away or what they really could have done is like play into the Travis Brown if he's there if he was available right Mm -hmm. or anyone right yep either get like a punching bag or like have Travis Brown have like the punch uh like the hands the block hands yeah and just have her punching them yeah that should have been a little addition to the story considering what happened last week Right. Exactly. That, like something yeah. like that would have been. Was that last way week? Nicer. Yeah. Travis Brown was last week, was right? Last week. Yeah. Yeah. That and it would have been so. way more threatening feeling, as well. Like it, she, she just kind of looked goofy, like punching the air because she was doing it almost too quick. And yeah, I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, it just didn't. I agree. It should. It should have been on. Saying. It should have been on some sort of punching bag, probably. But like, yeah. 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 But nitpicking, that was right? One, yeah, nitpicking thing. But the segment itself, the overall brawl of the police, and I love Michael Cole being like, "I don't think I've ever seen anything like this." I'm like, "Meanwhile, just a few you- weeks ago, <laughs> we, we saw uh, Becky Lynch get arrested." Like, come on, yeah, Michael, you've like, been I'm in like, the WWE for 20 years. Forever, like, frick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Michael's been part of the company for two decades. And he's like, I've never seen it. I'm like, shut up. You've seen it. It's like, shit yes, like you've seen this. <laughs> you probably like, helped pretty... write it. Like, come on. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you were around about where when Triple H had his feud with Kane <laughs> and 
did that oh, stupid no. Katie Vick no. stuff. Like, oh, come on. That's like the worst thing that WWE's <laughs> ever done. The worst, hands down, the worst thing that WWE's ever done. And here's Michael Cole, like, these three brawling and getting By arrested. By God, I've never seen anything I've like heard, this. I've never seen it. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. You <laughs> gotta be kidding me. Uh, and oh, man, the, the classic Michael Cole. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> like, come on, Michael. But the segment itself loved it. Yep, it was uh, awesome. I know, I know, I had seen, shit, just dropped my pen. Uh, <laughs> I'd seen you had tweeted something about the placement of it. Yes. And I can I just wanted to say I completely agree with your backing like I'm backing you on the aspect of it's risky, right? You close a show on a segment that big. Yep. It's risky that if you're running too late on time, you don't get to either view it all or to like do it all, mm-hmm. right? So Or you rush it and it doesn't come across the way you want. Exactly. Yep. So Middle of the card, a little weird. Very weird. Yeah. But so, like, just kind I of. I wouldn't have minded yeah. it to open. Oh, to open would have been huge. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a cool opening segment. Uh, the middle of the card. I understand why they do it because normally that ten o'clock hour is reserved for their biggest segments. They they normally do mm-hmm. that, but the the ending of the show is normally saved for segments that leave like a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? And that's why I thought that it, it would have been really good to end the show with Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch because going into WrestleMania, all of them being dragged off by cop cars, by God, is the match even happening anymore? Like, all that stuff, right? That would have been the yeah. the way to close off Raw or open it for sure. The 10 o'clock mark is obviously a big deal because that slot is normally reserved for Triple H, Undertaker, Batista, John Cena, yada, yada, yada. It's the legend slot, and they got given it. So... That's cool to see. And again, to address like the tweet, obviously, you know, if you do put the segment there, you don't risk rushing it. You don't risk going long. You don't risk going too short. You don't risk like a commercial break being in the middle of it. It's you can take as much time as you need. Exactly. So I understand their placement of it there. I just as a wrestling fan, I would have liked to see the, the go home shot be of Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch and Charlotte being driven away in police officers. That would have been a cool go home shot. Also love uh, foreshadowing. I love that Becky got dropped off on SmackDown in a cop car. Yes. And like said <laughs> bye to the cop as if she was now friends with the cop. Right. I was like, I was like <laughs> such a classic, <laughs> such a classic move, man. I loved it. Oh, man. Uh, and right. also the fact that she got out of the back seat on her own. Cop cars don't do that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put oh, two and two together there. You're so right. She just strolled out of the back of a police op- cop car. Like, frig. <laughs> uh, uh, also, one little thing that I, I'm going to say for nitpicking wise, Charlotte tweeting after she got quote unquote arrested, like 15 minutes after, probably not the best call on her end for maintaining kayfabe, but we all know that it's not true anyway. So anyways, yeah. but yeah, just a little thing there. All right, let's move on to the tag team match that was Heavy Machinery versus Gable and Rude. By God, how far have Gable and Rude fallen down the card? Uh, Just as you and me were saying, they're starting to look like a tag team, starting to feel like a tag team, starting to operate as a tag team. They do this. They they give them this. They push them down the card. Unneeded match. Yeah. 
it was so unnecessary. It was, it's weird because these are behind Revival and Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yeah. These are your next two potential threats, I guess, right now. At least while AOP's out. Yep. Uh, and AOP spelled A-O-P-P. Capital P, lowercase e-e. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, while well, they're at, like, Heavy Machinery and Rude and Gable are your next threats, right? So it's it's just weird that they were even on the card there. They didn't need to be. Uh, they could have done anything else. It, it was unnecessary. There's no point to it going into Mania. I don't know. It was just a weird... And like you said, it sucks because Rude and Gable, I think the, at the time of their run, or at least for the majority of their run, we were taking advantage of what we actually had. Right? Yeah. We were like, we were like, oh, this is dumb. This is dumb. And now looking back on it, we we're like, oh, you know what? They were actually all right. And now all of a sudden you just see them flutter and drop. Yeah, it it it's kind of sucks because it's one of those things like, as wrestling fans we didn't realize what we had like you said we didn't realize what we had yeah. in Gable and Rude, um, so it kind of sucks to see them fall down the card a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think we completely skipped over the Kurt Angle segment, did we? Like the Kurt Angle oh, video yeah, package, we, the, we totally did. Yeah. Yeah, so really the video sad. package okay. was... We don't need to talk about no. it. The, <laughs> the, I'll just quickly briefly mention it. I love the Kurt Angle video package, though. Kudos to WWE, because that was a great video package. Um, so thank you, Kurt, for all your years in the WWE. This is the unfortunately the last time on Monday Night Raw where we're supposedly going to see him in in-ring competition. So... Mm-hmm. Um, um, and we didn't even get to see it. Thing, yeah. The weird thing is, I thought that it was supposed to be Kurt versus Ray. So that. yeah, that was what was originally announced. It was supposed to be that's Kurt what they were announcing Ray. last week. They were talking about it, right? Yeah. And then it just he it didn't Joe happen. Joe on Monday last week. And then he fought AJ on Tuesday, and then it was supposed to be Kurt versus Ray on Monday this week. And I'm wondering if maybe Kurt just needed some extra rest. Maybe. I, um, I do know that. Like Kurt Angle, he wanted to wrestle Rey Mysterio. That's why, obviously, he was in his farewell tour. I just wonder if there was some back. For all you know, there there could have been like some sort of backstage politics with Kurt Angle. Maybe this was leading up to his match versus John Cena, and it fell through. And they're like, okay, we need to find a way to get some heat on Baron Corbin, right? Or maybe they ended maybe. up changing their their mind. Maybe the original plan wasn't to get Baron Corbin against Kurt Angle, and it was just a way to put heat on the story until somebody took him out at Mania. And that yeah. could still happen, right? That could still very well yeah. happen. It's just uh, uh, this might been might have been their way of saying, okay, we need some heat on Baron Corbin. Let's put Rey Mysterio against him. Yeah. yeah. As for the package, it was it. Anytime they do something like that, WWE does such a good job mm-hmm. of putting together their like kind of like Hall of Fame packages or their like like rest in peace like tribute packages or their like tribute like honor packages of like hey congratulations on your career uh and honestly i don't think there's a single superstar that i could see that watching it i wouldn't get emotional it doesn't matter if they're kurt angle who's one of the biggest or a scotty too hottie they do such a good job that it's like damn like you really 
especially in a lengthy career like that, you start to see a lot of moments that you remember that, or that you know of, but are somewhere in your mind in the back and you don't think of every time you see that person. Now, all of a sudden you're seeing them and you're like, again, you're just feeling like, I, man, we, as much as we respected his career and as much as we loved him and really accepted what we got with him as it was happening, the same time, part of me isn't is still like, I, I feel like I could have supported more. Like mm -hmm. I still feel like I could have been more of a fan somehow, right? Like it's it's too late for me now. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, ne like, it's never it too sucks. late to go back and watch the, uh, the the stuff on the WWE Network. It's never exactly. go back to relive the career for that only was nine ninety nine. Exactly, like <laughs> for only nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> and, and just like to anybody out there listening, there is a really cool thing that they do. They put together all these like. Uh, packages from superstars and they put together like a collection it's wwe collections that's literally what it's called and i'm sure they've got a kurt angle one out there where they compile all of his best matches all of his best stories and his biggest feuds and all that it's they're really really cool to watch so if you, any of you guys are thinking like bob right there like it's too late for me you know i wish i could have been more go back and watch those stuff see how damn good kurt angle really was because he was that damn good oh it's true it's damn true. It's damn true. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just just seeing how emotional he got too was great. And I loved from a story standpoint because this feeds into uh, later in the night and my other important stuff. Baron Corbin is such a heel and does <laughs> such a great job at it. Again, like we need to respect heel as well. Like we can hate the person, yeah, but respect how good they are at making us hate them. Because exactly. the fact that he's like this super sad package just plays, Kurt's just about to start talking, and then Baron comes out. He's he's not the same guy from those videos. Mm -mm. He struggles to get his jacket off, like, and then he's just a dick. And then you want to have an exhibition right now? Okay, runs up, gets up to the apron, and then nah, and no, no, it's down. So it's uh, yeah, he did a great job. Uh, in this segment led to the Baron Corbin versus Rey Mysterio match that closed the night. Mm -hmm. um, but before that match, we had a couple other things. We did. We had Braun take on a couple of jobbers. So we just went back two years ago uh, to when Braun yeah. was destroying jobbers. This is not needed. Doesn't hype up the match at WrestleMania whatsoever other than the fact that there's celebrity involvement. Um, and that's literally all we really need to say about that. That's it. Yep. All right. Also, the demon will return, so there's that as mm -hmm. well. So, that I'm just gonna quickly uh, mention this in the storyline. Like, as much as you and me have said that we're done seeing the storyline, we're done seeing it. The the inclusion of the demon at WrestleMania at least gives this match a little something different that we haven't seen before. Um, I hate the fact that he didn't bring the freaking demon out for Brock freaking Lesnar at Royal Rumble, and now he's gonna bring it out for Bobby Lashley. But still, Bobby Lashley is a uh, in kayfabe a, a very tough opponent right he's built yeah. he's jacked he's a scary man and finn balor doesn't have a chance in hell in real life against bobby lashley so it makes sense that he would bring the demon out for this match um and considering he's lost to him in one-on-one -on -one competition before even if it was courtesy yeah. of leo rush he knows that bobby lashley has his number it makes sense for him to bring the demon out in this case yeah and also just a memorable wrestlemania moment exactly right? yeah yeah at the end the of the day that's is... all it is the demon so yep Great. and finn balor should win if he's going to be the demon at wrestlemania and then wwe yep. listen we don't want this feud anymore enough all right that's it 
Then we're going to close out the show with Corbin versus Mysterio, as we just mentioned. Again, Corbin's heel work is very good. His move set is very good. I love the fact that he won off of the uh, deep six as opposed to end of days. I love that they do that with mm-hmm. him. Yep, um, I think that was fine. The match itself was nothing to write home about, and that kind of sucks hearing from Rey Mysterio that he kind of stumbled a lot in that match, and I, I think there's rumors that he hurt his ankle during the match. Yeah, um, like that's how they were selling it in the match. So mm-hmm. I liked that they that they finished the match. Yeah. Like he hurt his ankle and then they went on for another five or so minutes. So I really liked that. I thought the match was good. I I think Ray is great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um hope he's okay. Hopefully he can make it to Mania, because at this point, we don't know what that means for WrestleMania and Rey Mysterio, because on SmackDown Live, they were still advertising the match at Mania, but... Yeah, but if he can't go, Ali might might need to substitute. Especially considering he just had the match against Samoa Joe there on SmackDown. Yeah. Somehow, but he lost so clean at the same time. But he didn't tap either, which is... Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but regardless, hopefully Ray's okay. Ray does a great job anytime he's in that ring. Um, Baron does a great job as much as we hate him mm-hmm. when he's in the ring with his character work, <clears throat> with his uh, like dickishness. The fact that like he kind of Ray's potentially hurt the rest trying to check on him, and Baron's mm-hmm. like, I don't care. I don't yep. Like, uh, what he's does that dick. matter to me? He's a dick. Right? He and wants he, to win. He does a great job. Yep. I love that he got the win too. Because a guy like Rey Mysterio doesn't need to beat Baron Corbin. I agree. Right? Yep. The only um, thing I wish I would have seen with this match, and, and I mean, again, we don't know if the match is going to still happen at WrestleMania, but as of this match starting, the match was set for Mania. I would have liked to see them not make Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe feel like an afterthought as much as it has. Promote that a little more, right? You know, yeah. promote the fact that Rey Mysterio this upcoming Sunday has a U.S. title match, and this match against Baron Corbin is to warm him up. He needs to get ready for Samoa Joe. He's facing a big, bad man. And if he can't beat Baron Corbin, how does he stand a chance in hell of being Samoa Joe, right? That's the story that they told us without telling us that. And uh, I wish they would have focused a little bit more on the fact that Rey Mysterio wasn't going to be an afterthought for the United States title. You know, you could have maybe had... uh, Did did they hit uh, an angle slam on Baron Corbin? Did that happen? No, I don't think so. So then there's absolutely no reason why the ending of the show then. Yeah, because they didn't, because Corbin won clean, right? And then that's how the show ended. Uh, Corbin won clean, and then as he was walking out, Kurt attacked him. So Kurt, yes, right, 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 put him him on the ankle ankle lock. lock. Okay, yeah, not not the angle slam, though, but he did the ankle ankle lock. Okay, ankle lock. So, I mean, And he was tapping. Yeah, the the right way that you ended Monday Night Raw is obviously with Kurt Angle standing over top of Baron Corbin. Again, goes back to how they they booked the show. That could lead to Baron Corbin winning at Mania. But anyways, yeah, I... They could have probably got their way out of the match with some sort of disqualification win with Kurt Angle coming down and, you know, maybe while Rey Mysterio was selling that injury on the ground, Baron Corbin starts trying to attack him while he's down on the ground and Kurt Angle comes out, makes the save, hits the angle slam on, like, the ground or whatever and locks him in the ankle lock. Yeah. Or, or, you know, even you could have had Kurt Angle drag him all the way up, like, the, the ramp to the top where you had him lock in the ankle lock and still lock it in there. You could drag him all the way up, right? That'd be a pretty cool little moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, um, I don't mind, too, the aspect of potential shakeup down the road, 
having Ray and Baron on the same roster. I would that's a rivalry that I wouldn't mind to see because it. it's big versus small, which is always great. Easy to solve. Um, yeah, and Ray is like super honorable, super babyfaced. Baron is super dickish, super dishonorable, super heel. Um and Ray will not put on bad matches. No, he won't. And with Baron's moveset, and honestly, as good as he is in the ring, he is good in the ring. People don't give him enough credit for that. <clears throat> they really don't. He, uh, yeah, he. they would have a nice little rivalry. I don't want to see it dragged out like WWE does. I don't want to see it be too big or too much, but they would have a nice little rivalry as a, a transitional one, rivalry for each guys. A one-month rivalry from the Raw after a uh, pay-per-view to the next pay-per-view. That's all those guys yeah. need. That's all they need. Like yep. like a September, what's the September pay-per-view? No Way Out or whatever it is? Oh, don't ask me, man. I couldn't tell you. Like, like <laughs> a No Way, but that, that yeah. type of pay-per-view match, a No Way Out pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. That would work, and I mean, you could build it towards a uh, like the October pay per view if you wanted to. If you wanted to put it a month later, build it towards a Hell in a Cell match. You could do the the Randy Orton uh, Jeff Hardy match. You could make that Baron Corbin Rey Mysterio inside Hell in a Cell. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Baron in a Hell in a Cell would be a great match. I think it would be. I think that would be cool to see him in one day. All right, let's get on over to SmackDown Live. So this show was better than Raw, in my opinion. I think Raw had the one segment that really saved it. I think SmackDown Live was overall a better show. So, let's yeah. talk about this. Starting off with the Kevin Owens show featuring AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Again, this feud continues to show that less is more. That it does not take a lot to sell a feud if you have two superstars who are legitimately some of the best in the world. AJ Styles and Randy Orton, this match could potentially steal the show at Mania. And they just took their feud to the next level. Randy Orton getting called out on his uh, on failing the drug test way back in the day when AJ Styles was still on the indie scene, and AJ Styles getting called a corporate bitch. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I I loved this segment. I loved the set of the KO show. Great. Um, I love KO. I love that as he's introducing them. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed the this, card flip. But he is that what you cards? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he's like, he's like, my first guess, the Viper. Flips it. Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That is, that we he, don't deserve Kevin Owens. <laughs> what's better is that he didn't sell it. Like he did it so nonchalant that only people like you or I that would really notice it or care to notice it. Like, it was for the people that just noticed those little things. It was for the diehards. Like, That's what it was. Yeah, where we just yeah. see those little things, and we're like, oh, my God, you're such an – like, it's so goofy. <laughs> I, like, it's like something that you would do because you'd be like – like, he would say to Sammy, like, hey, man, watch on Tuesday. Like, I'm going to do the stupidest little thing on my segment. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know when you see it. And then he sees it, and I just picture, like, Sammy at home laughing. Just Sammy like, saying an idiot. Just, and he's like, oh! Oh, you did like it! Such an idiot. <laughs> but like, it's the smallest little thing that's so goofy and so dumb, but it's so funny. We've we've and said yeah, this. Yeah, we don't deserve KO. He's great. We've said this many times about Kevin Owens that he is the master of the little things. He does the mm-hmm. little things better than I think anybody in the WWE. Just his delivery of his lines, the way that he carries himself in the ring, his facial expressions, everything about Kevin Owens makes him the most valuable player in WWE. You can put him in any segment yeah. and he's going to kill it. We, that was proof right there. He's got a talk show now. 
that's like that's a thing that's going to keep rolling too. They've got a cool set for the talk show now. Like, yeah, this is good for Kevin Owens. You know what I think it is with him too? It's the authenticity that he brings to whatever character he is. Mm-hmm. Where like it's the trueness of that person and the realness, right? Like where even the way that he that he stumbles over his lines and that he says things multiple times and he I, I, no what I can't do whatever that little thing. Mm-hmm the way that he does the little things like that are so because it's real right yes. it doesn't feel scripted it doesn't feel fake it doesn't it feels like kevin owens like it feels like the true person coming through and he does an amazing amazing job with it so kudos to ko and i must say i loved after that corporate bitch line how he just stood up and left he just knew that it was gonna go down just straight up just right up and here he goes he's out of here bye yep he's so good man gone and then uh yeah the the like back and forth between orton and styles is great um Orton was left standing tall. Uh, Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, hit with the RKO. Obviously, a great, um, a great like reversal, easy for the RKO, right? And also uh, the fact that we got that on SmackDown Live means that we're probably not getting that spot during the match. So we got the spot. We we might get a spot similar like, where Randy goes for it, mm. and then maybe AJ like catches him in the air and like pushes him off type thing while I, I could see air. I could see Randy Orton uh like AJ Styles lining up the phenomenal forearm again going up on the top of the springboard ready to deliver it and holding like you know how he sometimes stays up there on the very mm-hmm. top of the rope as Randy Orton does his RKO thing and then turns around and realize AJ Styles is still just standing there bouncing on the top rope or something that would be a think cool moment there's a way I'm trying to think of a way that he can reverse he can go for the phenomenal forearm. Randy goes for the RKO, but he lands like AJ lands it, catches his arm, maybe like twists and picks him up into a Styles clash. I don't know if the transition would be easy to do there. It, you could, it would be very difficult, but I mean, if there's going to be two guys that can do it. <laughs> you could transition, I think, that into the calf crusher. Ooh, that would be nice. You could go for the phenomenal forearm jumping off of the rope. A, uh, Randy Orton goes to deliver the uh, RKO, and he could kind of roll through it mm. somehow right into the calf crusher. That yeah, could work. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, yeah, those two guys, I'm excited for that match. I, You said earlier you think AJ's going to get the win, and I think, I think he so. will. I think so. think he will, but also WWE has been so known in the past that anytime they do WCW versus WWE mm-hmm. guys, It's like WWE classic. that wins, yeah. Yeah, w- even if they're the heel. Like, and it's also, like WWE versus TNA, gonna be WWE. Also, part of me thinks that they could give Randy Orton the win here because his character is still all about going after the favorites of the WWE yeah. universe. And it, it's mm-hmm. it's less been focused on now. He hasn't said it in a little bit. But that is his character, right? Yeah. So, where my uh, little hamster on the wheel is going here is Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston have a big history. Ooh. Right? And a Kofi Kingston uh. win at WrestleMania followed up by a feud, his first feud being with Randy Orton afterwards. 
that'd be really good. If they don't do any of the New Day stuff full turning circle. on each other. Full circle. Yep. If they don't do any of the New oh. Day stuff turning on each other or anything like that, full circle, his first feud should be Randy Orton getting the win over AJ Styles and then going after Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And also, too, we've talked about it before. AJ Styles is a type of guy where and a type of like wrestler like a Ric Flair almost and certain guys like that there's been these few in the past where it doesn't necessarily hurt them ever to lose yes like they can lose rivalries they can lose matches and they're never like like hurt by it you know it's because they're so damn good at what they do right it's it's the exactly. same with like Samoa Joe when he loses it doesn't matter because he's so damn good at promo work he gets back over yeah. with the fans um that's honestly all you want from a wrestler is for wins and losses to really not hurt you that's what you want to drive to be you want to always have you know the fan support behind you no matter what you know teams <clears> lose <throat> right it happens you lose big yeah. games you still get keep that fan support though yep. and um that's AJ Styles. That's Ric Flair. You're right. That's exactly who they are. Yep. That's AJ Styles. That's Ric Flair. That's Ricochet. Mm, not there yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> Almost I there. I was trying to lead you oh, to Oh, you're doing the little segues. <laughs> ah, Segway Bob over here. All right. All right. Let's go to the, the match then. Usos. Black and Ricochet. Bar. I guess I could have said Usos better. Usos, Usos would have been better. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And Rusev and Nakamura. So this match went down. It was a solid match. Uh, the action was fine. Nothing special. Very cut and paste from, you yeah. know, a uh, just a formulatic match or formulaic match, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was fine. The announcement comes afterwards, though, that we are going to get a fatal four-way match for the tag team championships at WrestleMania. Um, obviously, Usos and Black and Ricochet beating the bar and Nakamura and Rusev. But this is a misstep. This is a misstep right here by WWE. Mm-hmm. What the hell happened to your Hardy Boys versus Usos promo that you literally cut a few weeks ago? We're brothers like you, hey yo, but we ain't nothing, or they ain't nothing like us, or whatever their promo was. I forget how it went down. But that epic, epic, epic Uso promo ended with focus on the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. Why did every other team that was mentioned in that promo basically get in this match, but the Hardys didn't? And then on top of that, you add Aleister Black and Ricochet from who really have been beating the SmackDown or sorry, the Raw Tag Team Champions into the SmackDown Live Tag Team Title picture. Sure, they've been competing there, but was that needed? Were they needed to be added into that match? Was that really truly needed? No, I just it wasn't. I just think like they could have had this exact same match, but then added in. The Hardy Boys. You could have a right? Fatal Five Way. Yeah, like why not? Yeah, Fatal Five Way. Like they could literally do like a Fatal Five Way ladder match. So for the, the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, I'm right there. It would be amazing. You. I'm right there with you. Part mm-hmm. of me still thinks that there might be some sort of announcement at WrestleMania. Matt Hardy's yeah. been posting a lot of two years ago to the day when they returned at WrestleMania with a shocker. Uh, and all that. Part of me hopes that they're going to they show that. They showed that promo on. Yeah. Uh, that little package on Raw, I think. Yeah. So during yeah. one of their Snickers things, they're like Snickers moments, and they showed that return mm-hmm. in the. So yeah, part could. part of it thinks me makes me think that there might be the addition of the Hardys by Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania or something, right? Yeah. Oh, like you know, Alexa Bliss comes out at Mania. Oh, by the way, boys, you know, I uh, I completely forgot to mention 
there's one more team in your match and then points back and the Hardys music hits. Um, I do know that the Hardys are set to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So whether Mm -hmm. they pull double duty or whether they just straight up don't put them in that match or whatever it may be, I don't know. But it's a missed opportunity, not including the Usos or not including the the Hardy Boys against the Usos, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Maybe they maybe they win the battle royal, and that as like a team, they're the first tag team to do it. Nah. You know how revival last year was saying that. Yeah, nah. and then that leads to them being added to the tag team. Cool match. fantasy booking, but that's not going to happen. Not with Colin no, Jost and Michael Jay so. in the ring. No, I don't think so. But maybe like that would be a way that you could do it. I don't. I don't know. I just. I think it's weird. I also think I just really want to see a ladder match that involves the Usos, Alistair Black and Ricochet yeah. and the Hardy Boys. Um like, geez, and don't don't forget about like also that would be an amazing ladder match because you have the high flying ability between those three teams. Mm-hmm. And then you have the hard hitting ability of the bar, Rusev and Nakamura. Yeah. Right? You you get everything you need inside of a ladder match. You have the big brutes, you have the uh the foreign heels, right? You have the uh the <laughs> athletic baby faces and you have a tweener team. You have everything mm-hmm. that you need to make a ladder match. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's what they need to do at WrestleMania. Hardy Boys added into that match to make it a fatal five-way ladder match for the Tag Team Championships. Do it up. Do it. Let's get uh, on to Iconics. the Iconics. Yes. Uh, it was. It was. Iconic. Iconic. It was great. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, short and sweet to the point. Showed how charismatic they are and made them a threat for the Tag Team titles. Did everything it needed mm-hmm. to do. I liked it. Yeah. Now let's talk about one of my favorite segments of the week as well. Miz versus Sanity. My boy. Before we get into anything, though, I just want to say, oh, that sucks for Sanity. That really sucks. I know. It sucks for Sanity. Now that we're done with that, though. Now that we're done with that, let's talk about how damn good of a baby face the Miz is. Holy. Sorry, I want to say. Sorry, I want to say it sucks for sanity, but at least they're getting screen time. At least they're getting screen time. I will give you that. Yes, and quite a bit of screen and time. And I, I, I don't mind that they're kind of at this point. They feel they're, and it's only short lived. But they're Shane McMahon's guns for hire. You know what, right? man? It's so, at least something, right? Like, like you said, it yeah. gets them on TV. And I, I, I'm all for you know how good sanity was down in NXT. They were great. But you got to look at the talent that is insanity, and they're looking at it. Okay, it's Eric Young, an older gentleman, right? He's not a young spring chicken Oh, anymore. yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's older, and he's great for what he does, and he's a great veteran, and he's good in the mm-hmm. ring and everything, but he's older. You're never going to push exactly. Eli, right? So then you've got like people like Killian Dane and Alexander Wolfe who don't really have a character on the main roster yet, and so I see why they're slipping through <laughs> the cracks, right? If Vince mm-hmm. McMahon, as he has straight up admitted, he doesn't watch NXT. If he hasn't seen, if he hasn't seen Sanity come up, he wouldn't know their character, right? Yeah. That's that's the hard truth. Vince McMahon wouldn't know their character, so he looks at it and saying, "All right, I've got myself a TNA boy here and two guys who I've never even heard of. They're gonna be jobbers." There yeah. you go. That's how it went down. Quote me on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The match itself. The match great. is great. Talking. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a quick little rundown here. So obviously, <laughs> the Miz was put in a three-on-one handicap match against Sanity. It started out as a normal match inside the ring, and Miz kept taking the fight to Sanity. 
They finally got a little bit of offense in on the Miz until Miz took over again. That is where Shane McMahon stepped in saying that this is going to be a Falls Count Anywhere match, and that's where this match rose. It it reached another level. They went to the outside of the ring. The thing that I loved here, though, was how Miz kept separating Sanity. He'd beat someone yeah. down way at the back, then move on to the next guy. He was staggering them all throughout the arena, and it worked out really well for him as a result, all the way to the outside of the arena and where he finally won the match with that vicious trolley cart to the head of Eric Young. Crazy stuff there. Miz is over as hell as a babyface, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, oh, I, I love, I mean, you know, you all know Miz is my favorite. I love him. Um, I loved the promo before the match. I loved his uh, Kofi pause for effect yeah (laughs) um and he's like and he's explaining kind of he's breaking down a little bit of wrestlemania what everyone's there for and then he he did a great job in the match and he's such a baby face and also i loved i love how they they did a great job this week with the flow of the show which Mm -hmm. we've already mentioned but i loved how the match ended outside like in the like entrance ramp area outside where cars pull into and the trucks pull into mm-hmm. and the match ended one two three Miz wins uh like you said off that vicious uh trolley cart into the head type thing Shane waves and then goodbye all of a sudden, yeah Shane pulling out yeah, with the Shane, vehicle Shane waving waves goodbye by, yep. pulls out and right as he pulls out the next segment kind of or like a foreshadowing of the next segment starts mm-hmm. when Becky gets there, pulling up in a cop car, getting out of the cop car on her own without any assistance from outside, which isn't a thing. Uh, and like talking to the cop, like that. I loved the flow, how everything yes. just, it's its just everything just in and out and intertwining. They're doing a great job with it. And I really hope that it continues because it doesn't, feel as long mm-hmm. which sometimes monday night raw especially uh especially suffers that. from yep. yep but it also feels cooler like it's like oh that just happened now this and like it i get it certain people's attention spans aren't there mm-hmm. and it's too much at once at the same time we live in a fast-paced society keep it fast-paced well right? you got like, you also have to think like it just makes sense Right, yeah. it, it straight up makes sense. There's one ring, there's one arena that the all these superstars are in. There's bound to be crossovers. The thing that I'm really loving with WWE, what they're doing recently, is they I bitched and moaned about this for the past year how terrible WWE's commercial play, placements are within the show. They break up matches too far often. They they will come back from a commercial break and it will be like five minutes of entrances and then go to another. What they did this week, especially that I noticed, is they were having the first person who was coming down to the ring, their entrance music would hit, they would come out on the ramp, they would do whatever their pose is, whatever they normally do, yeah, and then it says, next, you know, next, as we fade to commercial break. That is the perfect way to cut to commercial. And they did, they did a great job with it this week. Like, I will give them that credit. The flow to the show, both on Raw and SmackDown, was very good this week. Yeah. Uh, All right, that takes us on over to the Becky Lynch promo. As she came out of the cop car, 
no non-assisted by the way uh just totally a thing (laughs) (laughs) her promo was fine it didn't add anything extra to the uh the show other than the double champ line really um yeah but it it showed how over becky lynch is with the crowd i like the little thing of her saying i answer the people not Corey graves that's why she was on the the announce table um she was a little corny you know but that's becky lynch's character and yeah, not not as intense not as intense as you would think she would be after the thing that just happened the previous night right yeah. not as mad about it but she that's also not Becky Lynch's character this has been her drive to try to get Charlotte and Ronda Rousey off their game to get so mad at each other where they feel overconfident yeah. right cuz Becky said it finest uh Ronda is most vulnerable when she's overconfident playing into her uh, mm-hmm. MMA run as well which i really liked yeah and and Becky that like you said Becky's character is not that. That's the best way to put it. This is not Becky's character. Her character right now is amazing, and it's so fun. Like, I love, I love how she gets arrested the night before, Mm -hmm. and then she comes out, and she's just laughing. She's just, like, chuckling. Saying, like, this shirt aged well. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, she's, like, she's just saying how, like, she's so it's funny because she is so confident and she is such a mastermind in what she's doing and she just has this feel like listen like i i know what's i know the outcome yeah i know how it's gonna go down and i'm doing everything right now mm-hmm. and it's like i don't care that i got who cares if i got arrested i'm here right now like laughing right like like even just the little thing of like getting out of the cop car like chuckling and talking saying thanks to the cop like stuff like that i'm like that's the becky's character she's so loved by the fans she's so like you freaking weirdo you freaking weird kiss my foot you freaking weirdo like (laughs) yeah she keeps like calling like ronda the weirder one ronnie like ron ron like yeah yeah, ronnie so (laughs) funny and she's just laughing and chuckling Mm -hmm. and you know who she reminds me a lot of is babyface triple h you know where he's yeah. always where he's always yes. a little corny. She reminds me a lot of Babyface Triple H. But like it's still like, like I can still, still kick your Triple ass. H? Yeah, I can still kick it's, your yeah, ass, it's right? Still yeah. Triple H. You're still like, "Oh, this dude has done some nasty ass shit in the past." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like you're like, "Yeah, but he's he's so funny because he's so cheesy yep. that it works and certain people have it, certain people don't, but very much she started this run as a Stone Cold. Yes. And I feel like she's transitioned into a babyface Triple H, which is still great. Also, like, I think she she's showing off her chops that she can do. Charismatic lot, as hell. Great. And, you know, like, yeah. she's the thing is with Becky Lynch is she is such a role model to little children, little girls everywhere around the world, like especially little girls yeah. around <clears> the world. You see her fan base. They're they're diehard Becky fans. They relate to yeah. her. You know, like, that is just a good character to have in the WWE. Mm-hmm. We, we forget sometimes that these characters are role models to a lot of people out there. You know, yeah. a lot of kids who don't give two craps about the booking, who don't care about the outcomes of the show, they no. just want to watch the show to see Becky Lynch and her do whatever she's going to do. They're going to be yeah. so happy when she wins. They're going to be so mad when she loses. And that's what wrestling yeah. at its core is supposed to do, right? Yeah, she's Becky great. Lynch is... Becky Lynch is doing a great job. She's out here motivating all the little girls in the world to want to grow up to be the man. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
you know, it's 2019. Why not, right? In 2019, right? In 2019. Moving on. Moving on. Speaking of women and men. Yes, uh, 2019. We basically had 2019 people in this match. No. (laughs) Uh, It was the 18-person mixed tag match, the biggest match ever in the history of WWE. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. Did they, I think they talked about that. Biggest they tag said it match was like the biggest or mixed something, tag, mixed or, tag or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of when it was John Cena and Randy Orton versus the entire Raw loss, Raw locker room. You know how they had like the one side filled, but then John Cena and Randy Orton's side was empty. As opposed to being empty, they had their people in their corner. Kind of felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, this goes back to lazy booking, not giving people storylines the correct way. And just saying, all right, everybody go in there and do something. You get all one moment to shine ahead of WrestleMania. You're in a battle royal. I will say this much. They did this match far better than they did the... Uh, oh, yeah, this the, match was way better. They Far better than the Lumberjack match on Monday Night Raw, right? And at least it created some hype towards uh, the battle royal. It wasn't all bad. Just a little lazy booking is all. Mm-hmm. A little lazy. And, and they, they continue to move the envelope uh forward in the intergender wrestling aspect. yes that was a big step i think actually there. which i i loved seeing the involvement of like the smallest things of naomi throwing someone over the rope mm-hmm. to Oscar, nikki cross attacking yeah, ec3 cross or whatever attacking, or shelton uh, benjamin i should say sorry shelton benjamin yeah. yeah where like where oscar kicked i can't even remember who in the head um and, and then, then Oscar throwing Jeff Hardy yeah. over at the end. They, like, hug, and they're like, yeah, we're the two baby faces. Psych, it's every person for themselves. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that that little moment I kind of chuckled at, I'm like, yeah, but you guys aren't in the same match. Yeah, I would have <laughs> preferred the same match, but whatever. If they wanted to make this less lazy <laughs> and, you know, more – because, like, they did a lot of over-the-top stuff, right, in this match at mm-hmm. the end to hype up for the Battle Royal, which is fine, you know. But if they really wanted to, why not make this an eight-person or eight-mixed match or whatever over-the-top battle royal ahead of WrestleMania? How do we go? That, like, you know, mixed match, and you could have had the same result of Asuka and Jeff Hardy, you know, being really happy at the end, and Asuka eliminating Jeff, you know? at the Or, you know, you could have had, say, like, there's one man, one men winner, yeah. one women's winner. They stand tall in the center of the ring. Everybody's cheering. Ah, oh, yay, they're the final two. Yay. And Asuka then eliminates Jeff to... Uh, to get like you know that fun moment yeah that would be the only moment i don't know that wwe is there yet yeah. but i definitely think that they're building toward it which is great mm-hmm. and it, and I, I love it yeah. um i, I, think I loved like, wrestlemania next year is it a, is it a stretch to say we're gonna get an intergender match do you think next year at mania um like a straight up one-on-one intergender match or is that not the ooh, time one-on-one potentially i think it would be more likely a mixed tag where they don't necessarily care about the tag aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but one-on-one potentially, it depends on who You would need the, the right feud. You would really yeah, need, you the, would right need the right feud. Yeah, you would need the right feud, and you would need the right uh, two superstars. Yep, agreed. All right, let's get AKA on to... Candice LeRae <laughs> and Johnny Gargano. You know what, man? Let that match happen. would be fire. Wedding ring on a pole match. Wedding ring on a pole. <laughs> Oh, no, you didn't just do that. <laughs> oh, my God, man. All right, let's go to Ali, not Mustafa anymore, versus yeah, Samoa Joe. Yeah, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, it's crap. 
give him two names. But anyways, it's it's yeah. It's just it's so weird seeing just Ali. You know why why can't we call him Mustafa Ali anymore? But it's. It's weird because WWE continues to do it, but they did it with Apollo Crews, and then now he's back to Apollo Crews, right? Mm-hmm. They did it with Andrade, but he's he's still Andrade now. Um, yeah, but also we don't really care. Like we're we were so set on just continuously calling him Almas, mm-hmm. and now he's Andrade, and you and I have transitioned into oh, it's Andrade. Yes. So it, sometimes it works where we just don't care because the superstar's so good, and I think Ali has that ability where like we're not going to care in three weeks but at the same time it's just like why like what was the need of it right like to me as a commentator it bothers me the most because when I live commentate over the show it's nice to have two names to work with you know it's nice to have Mustafa or Ali it's nice to have you know Samoa or Joe you know it's it's nice to have multiple names to call them by because it just yeah. it's easier so it now granted as also a commentator, it's very easy to notice why they maybe changed it. As a commentator, mm-hmm. Mustafa Ali, it, it blends together, right? Those two words. So if you're just a yeah. commentator trying to say it really quick, maybe Vince was like, I don't like the way that sounds on commentary. You know, maybe yeah. we'll drop it to Ali. I liked uh, his his Instagram post, though, about um, the name Mustafa and the representation. And uh, it's like, I guess it's for the people or something along those lines, like a person of the people. Okay. Um, something like that. And he's like, though I am now just, though it's just one name, I'm still for the people or something like that. So like, cool. he's, a, he's amazing, man. This dude is, if you don't follow him on any social, follow him because he is a true baby face through and through. And he is, I think he's game changing. Mm-hmm. I think he's huge because of his talent level and because of how great he is as a baby face in a time where as wrestling fans, a lot of times, all we've ever seen a person of color, especially a person of Middle Eastern descent mm-hmm. and be that heel, right? color be a heel, right? Or like when they are a face, they're like, uh, a comedy role face, comedy yeah, role, right? Yeah, like yeah, Jinder yeah. Mahal yeah. is like a three MB, right? Like yep. where it's like that's that's a comedy role. So I'm, I think I think Ali is game changing for this aspect. And I'm gonna give you every credit in the book right here, man. You've been calling this for a long time since his days back early in 205 Live. You've been calling it. Um, I didn't see it happening, but goddamn, am I ever happy I'm wrong? Because yeah, I'm very high geez. on this guy, man. Yep, he's really, really good. Uh, and apparently he is in line for a big push after WrestleMania. So don't know what that means. Maybe United States Championship, maybe more. Yeah. All right. Uh, he uh, ended that... up losing the match, yes. though, to Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was fine. It's two great competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it Joe look vicious ahead of his WrestleMania time, yeah. which is what was needed. After losing to yeah. Kurt Angle, he needed a win. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's get on yeah, to the contract signing. Kept Ali straight. Uh, kept Ali like strong too because he didn't. He lost relatively quick, but he didn't tap. Yes. Right, which is always good, and it kind of it was. It also kept him strong because all that happened, how it led into it, was missed the o five four. Right. Yep. True. So it's like Joe moved, he hit, and then as he's like taking that pain. 
Coquina Clutch. Coquina Clutch. But yeah, contract signing. Contract signing. Uh, I loved Kofi. I loved Kofi. I love Daniel. Daniel was great Daniel as well. Daniel did a great job too. Mm-hmm. Everything about this feud has been phenomenal from the start. Uh, did This feud doesn't get to where it is without Daniel Bryan. Like, I don't think for a second anybody is forgetting about how good of a player in this feud Daniel Bryan has been. He has made the journey for Kofi Kingston something awesome. Uh, he has made SmackDown Live must-see again. You know, like, you have to watch SmackDown Live. That is where the best story in WWE, or arguably one of the best stories in WWE, is going on. Great, great stuff from Kofi Kingston. You felt the raw emotion. You felt the passion oozing out of him. The, the 11 years... The frustration, it all boiled out in that one moment. And that growl that he gave, right? Like when he was like, <sighs> like that moment, you're like, holy crap, this dude's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, favorite line, I think, from this segment, uh, from Kofi's standpoint, was how he touched on, I was there, like, I watched you two years like come in and two years later, I love how he like mm-hmm. emphasized two years, essentially saying you, your movement happened in two years. Yeah. It took two years for you to get to the top for you to be noticed in that aspect. But it was 11 goddamn years. Like yeah. you don't know what I've like, been through. Oh like, my yeah. God. Like, yeah. Don't act like we are the same. Mm-hmm. Because yes, we are the same in some ways, but it was two years for you, which is nothing. It's been over you a decade for Kofi. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm at my current job for two years, I'm likely not, I'm still probably not getting a promotion. I'm maybe not able to, if a management job opens up, I'm likely not able to apply for that management job. If I'm at my job for 11 years, years if i'm not a manager by then i sure as hell better be when i apply yeah that time yes because and if someone who after 11 years you're there is someone who only came in two years later and you feel you are just as good if not better than you and they get a management position oh oh, yeah yeah no, you can understand it, right? You can completely understand yeah. where Kofi Kingston is coming from. But I think that is going to be uh, basically everything covered. Anything you want to touch on that last contract signing? Um, no, I, I really liked how Biggie and Xavier were there and yes. Rowan was there, but they didn't, they weren't at all focal points. They, they were, were just there. The they one... were just there. They didn't do really anything, which is great. Two weird things with this segment. I'll say this. One wasn't why wasn't Vince McMahon the guy overseeing the contract signing? Why was it Michael Cole? And two, actually not really a weird thing, but I kind of loved it. Biggie's dancing. <laughs> when he was just dancing in the background. I, I think that was actually hilarious. Like you're saying, not really the focal point, but he found a way to get himself over as well yeah. during that segment. So same with really Xavier. Liked, yeah. I also really liked there was no remind me if I'm wrong. There was no physical altercation. There was not. Nope. I loved that, man, because uh, too many contract signings end with the same old, same old. And especially we already saw it opening the show where KO show was 
that interaction that led to physical altercation. We don't need to see it in this. And I loved how this isn't about hatred to each other. Yeah, I was just about to say that. This is about the title. It's about the situation. And it's about goddamn time for Kofi Kings. Exactly. This is one of those awesome feuds that you stumble upon because it's not a personal feud. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, Daniel Bryan has kind of made it personal. They've added personal elements to the feud, right? You do that with every feud. Yeah. But the feud itself, at its core, is not a personal issue. It's straight-up competition. It's straight-up, yeah. this is my time to shine. Mm -hmm. I am going to get this opportunity, even if it kills me. That's been the story. And it's a I, great I, story. I love that Daniel is, like, he's so good, man. The way that he's saying things that are like kind of heelish kind of making it personal like you said mm -hmm. uh against kofi but i love that he's saying it with like like as if he thinks he's being respectful yeah <laughs> where he's like no no like I, we're the same like yeah, yeah no i understand i think you're good like things like that yeah. you're like oh this son of a bitch oh. such a dick isn't he like he's such a dick uh but man how about we go on to our mvps of the week and our match of the week. So, do you want to start off with match of the week? Um, I'm. There wasn't. We talked about it beforehand. There wasn't many great matches. I could have given it to the few that were good. I'm gonna give it to um, the Baron Corbin and Rey Mysterio match for what it did for Corbin, for how good Corbin was with it. I really enjoyed the potential of the match and certain things of it. Uh, little things of Ray going for the five star frog splash missing, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, after he hit the six one nine though, the ankle injury obviously. Hope he's okay, but they sold it great. If he's not, and if he is, the fact that he finished the match and didn't just like quick finish. I love that they finished it on a deep six rather than an end of days. Again, just showing how deadly Corbin's moveset is as an entirety. And it led to um, to Kurt Angle, again, babyface, attacking the heel from behind. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like, yay! Yeah. Um, but I loved that it got me more excited for... If you asked me two weeks ago, I'm like, I don't want to see Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. It got me more excited where I'm like, I'm I'm very okay if this is the way that goes. If it happens... I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah I, I guess there's really nothing else to say than you're going to have to be okay with it, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I'm not, like, ecstatic, like, ecstatic about it, but I'm okay with it. I'm not going to look back on it and be like, ah, oh, that was shit. I'm going to look back on it and be like, you know what? Kurt was doing the job of putting over again baron corbin is a guy that i think that wwe has a lot of faith in yep. and he's had some stumbles but he's managed to maintain his character and his his mic like, work has improved yeah. tenfold yes. it's it's really good now. this character change was amazing for him so <laughs> i think that uh if he beats kurt at mania if that's the way that they go I'm looking at it as Kurt passing the torch on to a younger superstar, doing him the favor of, listen, you need to be great. Mm -hmm. Because and I mean, this is your generation. And I mean, for all we know, Kurt Angle could be very high on Baron Corbin, right? 
you, yeah, like, you know, be, he, he, he might uh, he might love what Baron Corbin brings to the table and is willing to do mm-hmm. a job to him at WrestleMania. Maybe this was Kurt Angle's idea all along, saying, no, I want Baron Corbin, guys. Like, he's a star. And, like, yeah. And if it goes down fantasy booking in my mind of Corbin beating Kurt and then maybe beating him down aggressively, like injuring type thing, like just being aggressive over the top about it, and if Jason Jordan does return at some point, maybe not in the near future, but at any point after that point where I retired Kurt Angle and if you have they already made Jason feud. Jordan as a babyface, you have a ready feud between two up-and-coming, very talented in the ring superstars where, and like, I don't think that Jason Jordan can get booed if he's coming back as I'm doing this, like you did my father's career, even though he was trying to go out <clears throat> on his own terms, you still put him out. Yep. I'm gonna pay back. And as a fan, I don't think that you can boo because it's essentially for Kurt. Mm-hmm. So uh, match of the week because of that and so many more. And um, <clears throat> Baron Corbin was my MVP as well. Because right. of just he really shone through and he shined for me this week. Fair enough, man. You know what? Baron Corbin. Shown? Shown. Sure. Shown. Baron Corbin, you know, each and every single week he gets a lot of booze, but he is good at his job. We got to say that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try to end this really quickly as I can see the sun's getting in your eyes there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for me, my match of the week is Miz versus Sanity just for the level that it sold Miz as a true baby face to me, mm-hmm. a fiery baby face. And it, it sold the idea of the false count anywhere match. Uh, and I'm really excited for that one at WrestleMania. Excited to see what Shane's going to jump off of at the show of shows. For me, my MVP, though, of the week, it's uh, it's a little bit difficult for me to pick, so I'm going to pick the whole segment, the three women, uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair. Those three equally put on an amazing segment this week, segment of 2019 for me. Um, and, yeah, I, I just love that, so I'm going to give them the MVP. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out too. I wanted to say the camera ops on this week were great. They did a great job of really showing superstars with the um, with the WrestleMania uh, sign, which was amazing. Just mm-hmm. like any time a superstar went to a top rope, WrestleMania sign was the like uh, it was the focal point. Yeah, they, yeah they, the focal point was great. They would and... position the superstar in the, <clears throat> on the left-hand side and the WrestleMania sign on the background. <clears throat> it looked great. And then the flow of the show as well. So I, the director, the producer, whoever it was, the Vince McMahon, I guess, of it. Um, yeah, two, the flow two was very great, so... good flowing shows. Neither of them felt overly long when I was watching them. So, yeah, there you go. Where can you find you on Twitter there, Bob, as you're showing the screen? Right. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Right there. You got it. Bob's Rasslin. B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. You can find me on Twitter at Conman167, C-O-N-M-A-N-167. The links are also down in the description below if you're watching here on YouTube or over on Anchor. But, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I've been Con. And I've been Bob. And that was the Con and Bob podcast.